Miami faced tough competition over the weekend, and the result, two blowout wins that show Miami looks absolutely legitimate as a title contender. I'll talk about those two games, and oh yeah, introduce my new co-host, all that and more, coming up next. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Amell, the co-host of Locked on Heat, the longest-running podcast covering your Miami Heat. Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Remember that every episode is always free and available wherever you get the show, so make sure you subscribe and follow to get the best coverage available. Today's episode will also be on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our channel there. It's going to be a great season. Miami looks like a true contender, and that's right. I've got a new co-host, maybe somebody you might be familiar with, Without further ado, let me introduce our new co-host to the Locked On Heat show. That's right, Mr. Wes Goldberg. Let's do this. Yes, let's do this. We are back. Yes, yes, that's right. Everybody's been calling for it. It's the the chemistry still there after all these years. <laughs> we cover the heat. We've been covering the heat longer than anybody. It's been a fantastic run. And even though you've been periodically showing up as a guest now you get to yeah. talk about this full time it's fantastic i am beyond excited david i have to thank you for welcoming welcoming me back leaving the key under the mat for me of it's, course. it's always appreciated and to our listeners who always remembered that you and i used to co-host this thing and i think like a lot of like you've done such an awesome job over the last two years and i think a lot of your listeners know just you maybe aren't aware that you and I started this thing together uh, before I moved over to Lockdown Warriors, but uh, a lot of people still remember us, and um, I'm just really excited. And it's not going to be the same way it was, right? You and I have covered the Heat now in official in an official capacity uh, for a few years now. You right. you most certainly have, and and you and I have been going to all the games early in the season so far, and so we're coming back. We started this thing really. We really started this thing just from a phone call that we would right. record and upload uh, right. online to like Blog Talk Radio or something like that early right. on. And now, and we were just sort of like blog boys, just like trying to trying our hardest to cover the team from afar. And now we're in the locker room when when we'll, wow. we'll be when we're allowed back in locker rooms. We're in. We you know we're we're talking to Coach Spolstra. We're talking to Jimmy Butler. Tra- talking to Bam Adebayo. Talking to all these guys at practice, shoot around after games, all this stuff. Uh, and so. This is going to be whoever remembers this from what it used to be. Just get ready because it's going to be better than what it was. We're on YouTube now. It's part podcast. It's part YouTube show. It's all going to be awesome. Uh, I and we've got a lot of really really fun stuff in store. And look, not only that, the team is good. I mean, we had to struggle. We had to struggle through some really tough years there. The of course the 2016-17 season stands yeah. out. Uh, but you know, other than that though. Look, you went away. A lot of people were looking at you as a potential jinx. I, I think that's not exactly true, although the Warriors kind of struggled while you were covering them too. So let's hope it doesn't extend over to the Miami Heat. But so if, far, if so took, good. If I took my jinx to trial, I would lose oh, in that trial because the evidence is overwhelmingly against me. We should probably have like a segment on like the best fictional lawyer of all time that might get you acquitted. Because I at this point, I was like trying to think, Tom Cruise from A Few Good Men, and even he couldn't get you. Like no I, I think you, yeah, you're you're seeing the chair here in Florida. I'm sorry, or, or the jinxes anyway. <laughs> yeah. But uh, back to the Heat. Look, they look really good on Friday. 
Miami took on the Charlotte Hornets. This is a team with LaMelo Ball, the fast pace. Everybody was concerned about how Miami would handle that pace. Charlotte's offense was top in the league. And Miami held them to just 99 points. They responded in the fourth quarter after the Hornets cut it somewhat close, and they were led by Jimmy Butler's 32 points. The story of the game for me was the pace. There were questions about how Miami, again, would handle it, and they did an incredible job of keeping up with the young guys. Bam Adebayo, I think defensively, was incredible. On a night when he was honored for his Olympic gold medal, he really took his game to another level, and it's just incredible to see the core of this team Mesh so well. Again, a 114-99 victory, even though the team didn't shoot well, and that was a concern that a lot of people had about this team because it was supposed to be a strength of this group, but we didn't see that until Saturday, that is, when the team went through their first back-to-back set. They traveled to Memphis to take on a really good Grizzlies team and John Morant, and once again, Miami absolutely dominated the game from start to finish. It was a 10-2 run early in the first quarter, and then from there, they just continued to build on their lead. It was incredible. When Memphis cut it to 16 points, I was going to say close, but they didn't really cut it close at all. They cut it to 16 points, and then Eric Spolstra took a timeout. I was really curious to see how the team would respond. Oh, they went on an 8-0 run to kind of just shut the door and completely stop the Grizzlies from having any hope. In fact, uh, Taylor Jenkins, the head coach of the Grizzlies, took out all of their star players like midway through the fourth quarter, didn't even think there was a chance of them coming back against this version of the Heat team. Oh, and I should mention, they were without Bama Adebayo, who played so well on Friday, had some soreness in his knee. He was actually listed as, oh, he was downgraded to doubtful before Friday's game, and instead he wound up playing and had a fantastic game, and on Saturday they shut him down. But none of that matters. Miami looked incredible. Two games, yeah. two blowout wins. What's your takeaway from all that? Because, honestly, we were there on Friday. We watched the team. So excited. What did you think about this team over the weekend? Listen, I, I thought, first of all, this was the these are the kind of wins that good teams get, right? Right. That it was two back-to-back nights. Um, that first night, yeah, you're, one of your star players is listed as doubtful, gets out there and plays. And look, I don't know that Bam does play if he's not getting his jersey hung in the rafters at halftime, right? Good like point. he might have just been like, you know what? I'm going to take this one off. Maybe I'll re- be ready by Memphis. He had an awesome game um against the hornets and and miami keeping not just limiting a, a great offense in charlotte's uh but also keeping the pace down like dictating the pace of the game dictating the identity of that game and that's what the heat have done all season long right is that they know how they want to play and then they play that way they're not playing up or down to an opponent whether it's milwaukee brooklyn charlotte orlando doesn't matter they play their game and that is so much the signature of what is a good team that knows exactly what they want to be. And with so many new pieces, it's pretty remarkable that the Heat are this ready to go, like just right out the gate. Like they have an identity, they have chemistry, uh, there is a plan in place, and they execute that plan so well, especially when Kyle Lowry's, they have yet to lose a game in which Lowry has played. Um, And then against Memphis, I mean, every reason, right, to lose that game, you're going into Memphis on the second night of back-to-back, Never an easy place to play. Like Memphis is like, you know, uh, historically like a tough place to play because it's just not an easy place to fly into. It's right. just, uh, it's kind of a weird location. They, back in like the grit and grind days, like those teams just, they would grit and grind you to death. And now these Grizzlies are like just running up and down the floor. They're super young. They're super physical. Nobody wants to play them. John Morant was playing like a guy with his hair on fire to begin the season, second in the league in scoring before he had to face this Miami Heat defense. Averaging 30 points per game. I think he was second in the league. And the Heat limited him to 20 points on 7 of 18 shooting. Uh, That was 
like they took him out of the game for uh, for and this is a guy who's given really good teams like the Warriors uh very recently a problem, right? Handed right. like John Morant handed the Warriors their first loss of the season and now he's here uh and the Heat are able to to limit him on the second night of back to back without one of their without their best defender in Bam Adebayo. Uh especially in Memphis that loves to run all that high pick and roll stuff with Ja. Uh Bam is kind of the antidote to that, but he wasn't there and they figure it out. I thought what was really interesting about that game is because they didn't have Bam, they mm-hmm. start, they obviously started with Dwayne Dedman, but then they went small with PJ Tucker, Markeith Morris. I know that Yurtsevin got some minutes, um, and that to me was really like a kind of an interesting sidebar from that game was to see what they looked like when they went small. And guess what? This team is just super confident, uh, and they're and they're able to go out there and win. And, and I'll just say it again: like these are the team, these are the games that that legit contenders just figure out ways to win you know memphis had a flaw it's their defense miami took advantage of it and they come out of this tough stretch with uh two wins yeah 21 of 37 from three-point range we knew going to the game that memphis had some problems yeah defending the perimeter and miami certainly exploited that uh duncan robinson who so many people were concerned about his shooting went five of ten from the floor all of his shots were great look you uh you know we asked players and coaches on friday about the shooting concerns. You asked Spo about whether or not he was concerned about Duncan specifically. And his response was, no, you know, that was the, you, he asked you because he didn't have his glasses on how many shots he put up on Friday's game. You said two of 11. He said, well, that's the problem right there. He didn't put up 15. Right. And I asked Bab about it. He wasn't concerned. Nobody was concerned. I Nobody think a was lot. Concerned. Right. I know. I, I look, it's just, I, you're so used to seeing Duncan catch fire that I can understand why some fans were a little, trepidations but even before that we talked about this last week in our first show together and you mentioned look clay thompson goes through these stretches all the time duncan went through this period last year as well it's not a big deal slumps happen but you trust that guys like duncan robinson as good as they are just have to find a way out of it and he certainly did against the memphis grizzlies just a phenomenal night from him but i like the point you brought up about how this team control the pace and and i think that's just something that's really stood out from this group they're a they do feel like just a championship team yeah. that can absolutely dictate the style of play too not just the pace but they can run it in different ways they can do different things with different lineups at the floor they can go big they can go small and i really liked how they responded yesterday with steven adams in that memphis grizzlies lineup you knew they had to go big i knew that your server wasn't going to start but to get deadman out there he played a phenomenal game even though he got into foul trouble early on I think Markeith went out there and really helped push the pace, too. He did a great job. His shooting has really taken up a notch. This team just continues to impress. They look so good. They look absolutely dominant. The two blowout wins will do it. They have the largest point differential in the league at 17 points per game. Sure, there was that blowout victory over the Bucks, but they've had several blowouts. In fact, the, mm-hmm. that one loss is the only blemish on this team for the whole season. And maybe it was an important thing. Maybe it was a good wake-up call for the group. Yeah, like I don't even care about that one weird Indiana Pacers loss. Like I just like whatever Lowry wasn't playing. It was early in the season, but um, like you said, like there's, they, they have managed to figure out ways to win. Last night was the first, like uh, against Memphis, uh, Saturday night against Memphis was the first night where that three point shot was really starting to fall for the entire team. This whole season, they have found ways to win, right? Like this isn't just a team that is five and one because they're shooting 60% of the, from three in the first week of the season in a small sample size with high variance. No, like every single night they have just figured out a different way to win with an exception of the Pacers game, which again, we don't care about. Um, they, they're getting to the paint. 
They are figuring out ways to score when they can't score from three-point range. Other teams have shot really well, or, or they've shot a ton of threes against them. They haven't shot very well from three. We'll see if that starts to become a factor later on, if other teams start to shoot better. They will. They're not going to shoot like 28% overall against the Heat forever, but they're contesting shots. They're doing a good job. Uh, for the most part, they're forcing opponents into the shots that they want to force them into. And like I said, they're getting to the basket early. They're getting to the basket often. They're finishing at the rim consistently and efficiently. Uh, they're getting to the foul line, which is rare in today in, in today's NBA, where they're trying. You know, refs are, are hesitant to blow that whistle. Like they're they're getting legitimate foul calls because they are forcing. They're putting pressure on the rim so often that they're going to get to the free throw line, no matter what the officials want to call or not. So um, there's a lot of good indicators early on in the season. Absolutely. Look, Memphis shot 32% against the Heat on Saturday night. So just another fantastic showing there. And you mentioned the free throws. Well, one player in particular has certainly got a lot of calls, as you expect him to do. That's Jimmy Butler. We'll talk about his MVP case in the next segment. But first, did you know that the job market is filled with once-in-a-generation type talent? So how is your organization going to put together an all-star team? Your front office needs an all-star roster. What you need is Indeed. Indeed is unbelievably powerful as a hiring partner when you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. With Indeed, you can get all the candidates you need. They can hire the right people right away. They can help you with every step of the hiring process. You can find talent with the skills you need through tools like instant match assessments and virtual interviews. I've used Indeed before when I was tasked with the process of having to hire somebody. And believe me, it is so much easier to use a company that you trust, you know that you're gonna find the right candidates. You can just assign the right kind of skills test so that you make sure that you find the right person for your job. You can interview them all via Indeed. It's such an easy process. And right now, if you go to Indeed.com, you get a $75 job credit. That's right, $75 at Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. The offer is valid through December 1st. Terms and conditions do apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. So we were talking a little bit about Jimmy Butler because he's cropping up as the MVP candidate for some people around the league. And he's been phenomenal. 32 points against the Charlotte Hornets on Friday, 27 points to lead all scores against the Memphis Grizzlies on Saturday, 17 of 18 from the line. Like he is getting the calls and he's knocking those down at an unbelievable rate. I just, I'm a little surprised that he's getting as many calls. And I had made a point uh, last week when I thought that maybe he wasn't necessarily, you know, looking for calls, he wasn't hunting them, but he certainly wasn't finishing at the rim at the rate that we expected him to. So I was wondering whether or not that kind of, not necessarily, again, hunting for calls, but whether or not he was looking to get those superstar calls and not getting them over a couple of games there, whether or not it would throw him off. He responded with two fantastic games on Friday and Saturday. But you wanted to talk about his MVP case specifically because, well, I mean, he's been phenomenal. What is it about Jimmy's, game so far that you think makes him an MVP candidate? Well, he's doing it at both ends. I mean, you mentioned the averages there, and he's he's scoring better than he ever has. The Kyle Lowry effect is so extreme that now you're getting Jimmy Butler off the ball. He's not basically being your pseudo point guard, having to facilitate. And I think one of the knocks against Jimmy last year was he just seems too unselfish, right? Like he's right. passing up open layups, open drives. He's getting guys involved. But he had to, right? Like he was the, sort of the de facto point guard in that starting lineup. And he was sort of like, again, like this point forward, the way that you'd expect a LeBron to be. 
Um, and I think he was trying to figure that out, but I don't think that that's Jimmy Butler's natural. I think he's naturally unselfish, but I don't think yeah. he's naturally a playmaker in that way, right? Like, I think he's more Kawhi than he is LeBron, right? He's not a 6'8", 6'9", point guard the way LeBron is. I think he very, he is sort of a mid-range assassin. That's where his bread is buttered. And now that Lowry is there to be your traditional point guard, to get the offense into gear, to set things up in that way, and we've, you know, Kyle Lowry hasn't been a primo scorer early on this season because he's so focused on that. But guess what? Jimmy Butler is out here scoring. Bam Adebayo is out here scoring. Tyler Hero, obviously, out here scoring. And what Jimmy Butler has done, not only because the Heat are 5-1, and one, tied for the best record in the Eastern Conference right now, uh, with, with two huge wins against Brooklyn and Milwaukee, which, by the way, like the national media just doesn't want to talk about. Like I thought for sure that would be a talking point. And it's not like the Heat are a team that the national media ignores. Like that was weird to me like you're getting all obviously you're going to talk about the lakers you're going to talk about all the mess that's going on in brooklyn and philadelphia sure. and maybe that's why because even in the 24 hours news cycle you still only have so much time and that stuff is so dramatic but like right. i mean look i just i've been covering the warriors for two years and i was a little surprised by how much of like oh are the warriors real contenders i'm like can we have that conversation about the, the miami heat like right. it was just strange to me anyway um what jimmy butler is doing on both ends i got some stats for you so he's averaging 25 points, five assists, two steals on 52% shooting. You know what the last you know who the last player to do that was? LeBron. To finish a season. So if if Jimmy Butler were to finish an entire season, 25 points, five assists, two steals on 52% shooting. You think LeBron was the last player to do that? Might so maybe Jordan, I don't know. LeBron's never done it. It was Michael Jordan. These really? Are, Jimmy Butler is putting up Michael Jordan type numbers right now and i'm not going to say, say it again say it finished. again it's jimmy Butler is putting up michael jordan type numbers right now and i don't know that he's going to finish the season this way but dude if he does if he's in this ballpark we have to and, and if the heat by the way are one of the top three teams top four teams if they have home court we we have to consider i don't know that he wins it but he has right. to stop he has to finish in the top four or five in voting well, that's the problem. And I hate doing this because I want to jump into that boat just as much as anybody, but I have to play the devil's advocate role here because I just don't think that this team is going to generate those kinds of conversations around the league. To have so little national coverage, I just I think that hurts his case. I think and honestly, I think Jimmy prefers that way. That's yeah. the fuel that he's going to need in the players. He's like, oh, you didn't think there was an MVP candidate? Well, let me shut down your MVP candidate, and then we'll see what's up. That kind of motivates him. He doesn't care about those kinds of awards. He likes that recognition like any player would, like any human being would. But at the same time, that's not what drives him. But the national media not covering him, I just I, – I don't know that they understand gonna what's get going on. I think we're going to get there. If they keep winning, we're going to have – because eventually they'll get sick of the Ben Simmons drama. They'll get sick of the Kyrie sure. Irving stuff because there's never going to be an update because Kyrie's not playing this year. It's just like eventually it just becomes like a, a stale talking point and they're going to be look like ESPN. And that's what like when we talk about national media. That's what we're talking about is ESPN. Yeah. And maybe maybe they, they've got that same kind of window as Pat Riley does where they're kind of using 20 games as a barometer for actually how to measure how good this team actually is. Maybe. Because right – I mean, maybe because I mean the team's leading the league in defense. Their offense is through the roof. They've got all these exciting players and storylines and everything else, and yet nobody seems to give a damn. And I can't seem to wrap my mind around it. To, for Jimmy Butler to be playing as well as he is, and for nobody to be talking about him except for a small section of Heat fans and Heat media, it's inconceivable. Like he deserves that kind of attention a hundred percent. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if it's because the Heat aren't like thought of as like a fun to watch team. 
but they're beating all the fun to watch teams, right? They just beat yeah. Charlotte, which is like top five in people's league pass racing rankings. They just beat Milwaukee, who is obviously fun to watch because of the honest factor. They beat Brooklyn, fun to watch. Like at some point, people have to write. The one thing that's hurting Miami is that they don't have a ton of nationally televised games this year. Uh, that is a factor. But yeah. at some point, if they keep winning, the national media does like those kinds of storylines. Who is who is this dark horse contender? Who is going to upend Milwaukee, Brooklyn? Who is going to be that dark horse? And if the Heat keep doing what they're doing, they are uh-huh. going to be that team. And yeah. that's not to say that the, like what like what the te- like what the Knicks are doing is impressive. All this stuff, I just I tend to believe that what the Heat is doing is more sustainable. Again, there are some indicators that I wrote about uh, in my column earlier this week uh, for the West side about how the defensive metrics are a little concerning, but I mm-hmm. do think that like, it's sort of like the Duncan Robinson thing. Like it's not like he's suddenly become a bad three point shooter. And it's right. not like PJ Tucker, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo are not going to be the anchors of a really good defensive team. Uh, I'm not that concerned about any of that stuff. So the defense is going to stay. I think the offense has an identity. And if Jimmy Butler keeps playing this way at an MVP level, which he is, then um, yeah, I this was the Jimmy Butler right that got the Heat through the bubble. So if he's playing like this, I think the Heat can beat anybody on any given night. And when you're that kind of team and you're winning games that you're not supposed to win, like the Memphis game, like even the Charlotte game to a certain degree, like that's those are just really good indicators for a team that's going to be able to be a, a sustainable winning organization for an entire season. Now. You know, you talked about the lack of national coverage, but they've been on national TV three games, right? The, the, the season opener against the Bucks was an ESPN game was ESPN. last night. Yeah, yeah, a Charlotte game was on ESPN. Although LaMelo Ball, for whatever reason, took the bulk of the coverage there. He was absolutely shut down by Jimmy Butler, who started yeah. off the game guarding LaMelo. Do you so think was- like a, a Saturday night game, though, like counts? Like I want that Tuesday night, Thursday night, like prime time. That's what I want. Like yes. these Saturday night games against like Charlotte, I don't know, man. Or like the Friday well, night games, Saturday night games, like that doesn't count as much. Let me as, like, let me ask this. Let me ask this. So, what's the biggest argument against Jimmy doing? Because to me, I'm looking at it from that kind of outsider's perspective, and the fact that so much of this offense has changed because of Kyle Lowry certainly brings a huge factor into consideration here. Is that Lowry's made this team better? And you can kind of dismiss what Jimmy's doing as well. He's only playing this well because they brought in Lowry to begin with. So doesn't he take away some of the MVP shine? And then you look at what Bam does defensively, and he certainly merits consideration. Like I'm, I'm perfectly happy with you know sweeping the awards there for Coach of the Year, Executive of the Year, MVP, Six Man, and Tyler Hero and Defensive right. Player of the Year, Bam out of Bayou. Right now, I think they're all completely deserving. I don't think it's likely, but I think we've seen over time that you have to have the right narrative building. And I, I absolutely agree with you. The Heat have to be a top two team in the East in order for Jimmy to get any kind of real consideration as an MVP candidate. I think if they're top four, I think that'll be like, he'll get votes, right? But probably won't get consideration for winning MVP, but he'll get like a lot of third, fourth, fifth place type of votes if they're top, if they've got home court. But um, no, I think the biggest thing against Jimmy Butler is just that it's so early in the season. I mean, that's really the only thing I could think of because he's doing it. This would be like when Kawhi was getting MVP votes the year that Hard- James Harden won, or was it Westbrook? Russell Westbrook, yeah, Westbrook, it was a, yeah, the, the triple it, double year. And and so um, it's a, he's not going to average thirty points a game. He's not going to average 27, 28 points. He's just not. That's not his game. 
but he's doing it on both sides. For example, like you look at the top 12 scores in the NBA right now, and I've got it pulled up in front of me. So Jimmy Butler is 12th in the league at 25.3 points per game. Steph Curry is tied with John Morant at 28.7 points per game for number one score in the league. So it's really not, we're talking about like three points per game, which is a substantial amount, I guess, in the balance of an entire season. But early in the season, it's still a small sample. Still, uh, you look at the plus minus for these guys that are in the top 12 in scoring. It's Steph is a plus 10 so far this year. And he's, you know, it's Steph Curry. He's he's probably going to end up getting MVP votes. Sure. Uh, Jimmy Butler is plus 10.5. So again, Steph is plus 10 and plus minus overall. Jimmy Butler is plus 10.5. So he's half a point better than Steph is. That's because right. he's what he's doing on both ends. Like, this is why it's, it's a, if Jimmy Butler can get enough love for what he's doing defensively. So he's going to have to go out and shut down Giannis, Kevin Durant, James Harden. Like, name all-star player. That's the thing is like if you were doing it on like a Tuesday or Thursday night primetime type of environment against these great teams, right. then maybe you start to you get a little bit more shine that way. That's going to be the problem to me. It's just the fact that the Heat are just not on national TV, and what Jimmy Butler does is not always captured in the box score, right? Even though all this stuff is so far, I just don't know that the, all that stuff is going to be sustainable throughout the year. Like if he ends up averaging twenty five points per game. And you've got guys like Steph, John Morant, Kevin Durant, Giannis, like all averaging 28 to 31 points per game. That's gonna like Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, like all these guys who are always in that conversation, Damian Lillard, Luka Doncic. Yeah. Um, that's gonna be the problem, is because all the stuff that he does do that is are so impactful, but don't necessarily show up in the box score, just aren't gonna be seen because the Heat just aren't on national TV so much. Well, our MVP is always our listeners, and we'll shout out a special listener in our next segment as well as giving Wes an opportunity to launch into Monday Madness. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about DirecTV. This, let me tell you, it's an easy way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract, so stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. And right now, look, it's Halloween. We're recording this on a Sunday. I know a lot of people are eating candy. If you're parents like I am, you're probably deciding what to do with all that chocolate in your house. Well, give it away, take it at work, take it somewhere else. But if you want to indulge in a delicious treat, then Built Bar is the way to go because they're soft, easy to chew, and 100% covered in chocolate. Such great flavor. You don't have to sacrifice any of the flavor, but you get all the nutrients that you might be looking for in a protein bar. So many delicious flavors to choose from. And if you can't choose, you get a mixed box with two of all of the flavors available. You can't go wrong with Built Bar. Again, soft, easy to chew, delicious, and good for you as well. Fits all kinds of diets. And if you go to Built.com right now and use the promo code LOCK15, you get 15% off your next order. That's Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your next order of Built Bar. Just a reminder that you can always reach us via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or via Twitter. Use the hashtag AskLOHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and, of course, subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Hopefully, You'll all be watching us on YouTube throughout the rest of the season. And right now is the time for you to jump on board. You can tell all your friends I was there from the very beginning. And speaking of somebody who's been there from the very beginning, a longtime listener and supporter of the show, we couldn't do this show without them. Your support is so important. So from time to time, we want to give a shout out to a supporter of the show at the beginning of every third segment. 
a wave hello that we see you and appreciate you. And today's heat wave goes out to our favorite yoga lady. That's right, Claudia's Yoga. She is always there to support us, give us advice, always talk about what a great show we have. She's the very best. She deserves all that applause and more. If you want to be our listener of the week, make sure you keep supporting the show and do what you can, reaching out, sending in great questions, and always use that hashtag, Ask All Heat. Uh, she's been here literally since I, we, we started this show talking about how you and I started this show, like in <laughs> yeah. 2013. Uh, right. And she's been there since the very beginning, always out there, always uh, supporting us on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever it might be. I think we're Facebook friends now. Like, it's it's a real relationship, you know? And, um, and just it, when I was... It, you know, when we were sort of dropping the seeds that I, were com- that I was coming back, she was right. right there just saying, like, oh, my God, can't wait for Wes to come back, all this stuff. Right. So, um, yeah, just these are the kinds of listeners that make doing this really, really worth it. And we have so many. I mean, look, yeah. it was tough for us to decide, but uh, we, we're, we're going to get to all of you, believe me, because there are a lot of you and we appreciate everything you do. But, Wes, now we got to flip the script a little bit. We were happy. We were supportive. We were thanking our supporters. But now is the time to let go a little bit, vent a little bit, and let go of some steam because it's time for Monday Madness. Last week I introduced that segment. I think it's fun to kind of get it off your chest, especially if you've got a tirade that you want to launch into. This is your opportunity now that you're a co-host of the show. Let me have it. Let us all have it. Let's hear what you've got to say about Monday Madness. All right. So you covered this topic a little bit last week, but I and I understand that, but I got to just – I got to get off my chest, man. I just – I, I can't again. stand it. Uh, this Duncan Robinson stuff. Yeah. All right. Hey, guys, calm down. I you know that Duncan Robinson started the season in a shooting slump. You know what? You want to trade him? Go for it. You want to trade the one of the best three, four, five shooters in the three-point shooters in the NBA? Have at it. That's why you're not the general manager of the team. This is why you're <laughs> not Andy Ellsberg. This is why you're not Pat Riley. You know what didn't happen? Duncan Robinson just suddenly not being able to shoot threes. Just because you're in a shooting slump doesn't mean that you can't just shoot threes at all. This is classic regression to the mean. This is what we're going to see. We had a nice night from Duncan Robinson on Saturday. We're going to have another nice night. You know what happens when a shooter like Duncan Robinson of his caliber starts the year off in a shooting slump? You get that snap back to the average. So what's going to happen a month from now is we're going to talk about Duncan Robinson being in the middle of like a – 24 for 26 from three-point range streak and be like, oh, my God, is he the greatest three-point shooter we've ever seen? Like, that's the conversation that people are going to want to be having. You know what's not going to happen? Us here on Locked on Heat, David, me, we're not going to be overreacting either way because what what is Duncan Robinson? He's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. He just is going to be that. That doesn't suddenly just change. We have a long track record of that being the case, that it's not like Duncan Robinson's powers were just sucked out of him like like he was in Space Jam, okay? doesn't work right. that way. He's going to be fine. The Heat are going to be fine. And you know what? The Heat are 5-1, and one, even with Duncan Robinson not be able to shoot from three. They're only going to get better from three-point range here on out. Tyler Hero's got the three-point range shot going. We've got Max Struess playing a real role off the bench. He's got that three-point shot. It'll be fine. All you people that want to trade Duncan Robinson, stop it. Get him out of your trade machine. It's not worth it. He's a great player. And, yeah, he is worth the contract that they gave him. That's what you pay a starting shooting guard in today's NBA. I don't want to hear it anymore. Enough with the Duncan Robinson slander. It won't be tolerated here on this program. (laughs) Well said. And very angrily. Got to love the rage there. Now, two questions. Yeah, two (laughs) questions to, to follow up there. At any point in time, do you think it's even worth considering, or what are the pros and cons of starting Tyler Hero in place of Duncan Robinson? Assuming he still continues, 
Assuming he continues to shoot 40% or whatever he's done throughout his career, yeah. is there even a consideration as no. to why you would take – okay. No. Why not? The thing is with Tyler is you get the playmaking off the bench, and that's the thing that Duncan Robinson just doesn't have. You look right. at that starting lineup, and Eric Spolstra has always been really good with this. It's not about whether or not you start or you come off the bench. It's what role are you going to be best in. This is why you move Goran Dragic to the bench over the last couple of years, right, is because – they needed that sixth man. They needed that scoring punch. And right now, that's what Tyler Hero is going to do. They tried the starting Tyler Hero kind of, you know, square peg into a circle hole, like, uh, um, you know, making him a point guard. Didn't work. He's not right. a point guard. He is a scorer. Maybe one day in the future, as some of these guys age out, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, whoever it might be, Tyler Hero gets a starting job. But it's irrelevant right now. Tyler Hero might close a game. He's going to close a lot of games this season. That's really what's important. But you need that scoring off the bench, especially if you're going to stagger Lowry and Jimmy Butler. You need another score, playmaker, shot creator uh, to spell one of Lowry or Jimmy Butler. And that's basically been Tyler Hero's role so far this year. And the rotation is he subs in for one of those guys. Uh, and what you need in that lineup is in the starting lineup, when you have a guy like Kyle Lowry who needs the ball in his hands, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo to a certain degree. Uh, you want a guy who could space the floor like Duncan Robinson. And no, and there are very few players in the league as respected from 25 feet out from the basket as Duncan Robinson. It, there's, it just makes all the sense in the world from a fit standpoint. Yeah, and even when he was missing during that brief, brief, brief stretch there, he was still drawing multiple defenders. You have to account for him. He's in constant motion. He shifts the defense so completely by him running around, going through multiple screens. Like you can keep the ball in play. You don't turn it over as much because he's – changing the way the defense reacts to whatever Kyle or, or or Jimmy or somebody else is doing out there. So he's such a huge benefit. It's Look, there are benefits to having Tyler out there on the floor. He is still and will always be a bucket getter. You can give him the ball and just watch him go to work. That's the strength of his game. That's fine. That's a different thing. And you know what? Why wouldn't you want to have both on this roster? But I, I will follow up with another question then because I know you like theoreticals here. What's the player that you would trade Duncan Robinson for? If you had to trade Duncan, because whatever, he falls off a cliff. If you had to trade Duncan for somebody, what would you trade him for? Or who would you trade him for? I don't know that I would trade him for another role player. I just think that, first of all, his value to the – like, you're not trading him for Steph. You're not trading him – like, I wouldn't trade him for, like, Buddy Heald, you know, like a comparable three-point shooter that's just, like, moving around the deck chairs. It doesn't make any right. point. Uh, so – I wouldn't trade him for anything other than like a move for a legit all-star, like as part of a package. Like he, he's got great chemistry with Bam Adebayo in that two-man game. I'm still waiting for them to sort of break open that dribble handoff stuff that we saw so much yeah. last year. I know Bam has been playing in the post a lot more. Again, I wrote about this in a column for Westside earlier this month, earlier this week, about how maybe they're posting him up a little bit too much because he hasn't been terribly efficient. I think there's still a middle ground to, to hit fit there. And maybe that middle ground is a little bit more dribble handoff stuff um and and again the chemistry that he has with duncan like that's just you can't replace that even if you were to just make a lateral move for like a buddy heel the joe Harris, like another just name another elite three-point shooter um to me it doesn't make sense the only reason i would trade duncan robinson at this point i also think his contract is a good value i know that that's absolutely and i think so yeah i would only move him as part of a bigger package to get a legit all-star back that's well, really you know, reason. You, you know who else has great chemistry with Bam and Abayo? That's Kevin Durant. So maybe for a move for KD. Other than that, I'm not sure that there's really a good player. I would take you're gonna, Yeah, I think so. I think that's a good deal. But I don't know if Brooklyn's open to it. Maybe things fall apart there with James Harden still hunting fouls and Kyrie refusing to get vaccinated. Maybe, maybe KD Kevin Durant requests a trade. Got it. Like, Kevin Durant is your classic, like, 
he just wants the bad boy kind of you know it's like the, that girl who's got like this great guy stable job you know he's right. like with the warriors they're safe you know really christian like just like safe really is boring things but it was just boring and he just wanted some excitement he wanted that bad boy he wanted like somebody on a motorcycle and he saw he saw Kyrie Irving walking by and he's like that's the wagon I want to hitch mine to and, yeah. and it's not worked out it's not a, a friend out. of mine friend of mine keeps getting into relationships with girls that he loves fighting with all the time and yeah you could go back and do the the armchair therapy he told me he just likes the juice the excitement of the the, the breakup and the makeup I gotta be like I'm, I'm surprised I don't know so that's KD KD likes that's the KD. juice yeah uh, well, anyway, that does it for today's episode of Locked on Heat. We'll talk about Miami's new uniforms on the next show, and we'll also look ahead to Tuesday's matchup versus Dallas in our next episode. Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. This is David Ramil and Wes Goldberg signing off for now.